that's a profile picture. That's a that's a that's a. Hey guys, forgive us again. We're going live uh, on the streams. Uh, if you have not done so, please go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. Sorry, I'm on my phone trying to switch some things uh, and, and all that. Guys, we are not wanting to be on this type of setting, uh, but yet our fearless people who do Internet stuff are not uh, responding. So we, we have a lot to do right now at our other office where we have our podcast studio being. Uh, we, we finished it. We finished it. It's just the Internet. Yeah, we don't Which have. We don't have the interwebs. It's it's hard to do a stream without internet. Yeah. I have found that out the hard way. Yep. So, guys, if you have not gone to follow us on Facebook or Instagram and all that junk, go over there and do that. Also, go to subscribe. Do the things. Look. Do all the, the stuff. Shoot the things and all that. If you guys haven't seen, uh, we have apparel. You guys got to go get some apparel. Yeah, I get that. I mean, our shirt. Uh, we're not. I'm not wearing He's not even wearing. We are really good representatives yes. of our stuff. <laughs> also, just go to theselfevidenttruth.com and you guys can head over and be a torchbearer. Become part of our monthly program. Help us succeed and get out there, do what we're doing because we're constantly doing the stuff. And we're out there preaching a lot. Yeah. And um, but here's here's a God thing. The rest of this year, we're kind of taking off a little bit uh to retool and refocus. Uh, we have a lot going on in the way of events. Um we just got done doing a big church event in Missouri, which I think we're going to head towards. It's like a three-day conference thing we did that was just so powerful. People were transformed and moved, and we loved it. So if you guys want to be a part of that and, and you know get your church in on something like that, let us know. We'll contact them, and uh, we'll kind of tell them what we offer and all those other things. Also, uh, <clears throat> we have a blog thing. We got things got stuff, and 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 you know you know the podcast. It, it, we're doing the stuff. So help us. Do the stuff. So there. Don't forget, we've also got the book. You can go get that at the website. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Go to the store. Grab the book. Become Forged. Get yourself a copy. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all the things and the stuff. So before we get started, we also do want to um, – it's been hit or miss, but we've got our sponsors that have just – man, they love us. and And they've poured into us. Boy, that sounds boastful, doesn't it? They love us. Um, they've, they've poured into us. They've supported us. And, and we want to be able to give back. Yep. And so one of our, our sponsors right now, equippingthepersecuted.com. Go. All right. For 25 bucks a month or more, you can help support Christian villages in Africa that get attacked. We don't put up with this type of persecution that they put up with. And this is a within 48 hours, if a village gets attacked, they're there. Medical supplies, medical support, faith support, and, and they're taking care of the brethren, brothers and sisters. This is an amazing organization. Judd Saul is an amazing man. We, we had him on the other week for an interview. Great guy. Felt totally called to the Lord to go help these people. And so you can sow into that ministry and you can know that you are helping those who are being persecuted over in Africa. So check out equippingthepersecuted.com. All right. Yep. Yep. Like and share the video, everyone. Guys, good morning. Thank you, Victoria, for being on, Josh and others. We will get moving here right now. So um, <clears throat> we don't have news bits today. Do yep, we, we, do. News? we do. Okay. Yep. Start them off. Let's go. All right. Number news. One. Chicago is planning on nationalizing food centers. 
here we go. This is a great idea. I'm just going to read quotes from the mayor. So all Chicagoans deserve to live near convenient, affordable, healthy grocery options. We know access to grocery stores is already a challenge for many residents, especially on the south and west sides. My question is, what's going on on the south and west sides? Why don't we have grocery stores mm-hmm. that are accessible? And he said, a better, stronger, safer future is one where our youth and our communities have access to the tools and resources they need to thrive. My administration is committed to advancing innovative, whole-of-government approaches to address these inequities. I am proud to work alongside partners to take this step in envisioning what a municipally-owned grocery store in Chicago could look like. You know, because that's a smart idea. A place where no private business wants to open up to sell groceries Let's instead put it in the hands of the government. Because they do everything right. Yes. And millions and millions of dollars that Chicago already doesn't have will then go to these grocery stores. Look, I get it. I get you want to try and help solve the problem. But the problem is, why are grocery stores not available in those areas? And you cannot cry racism. Okay? Because the almighty dollar talks. And this is actually scary, too, because what they're doing is teaching you that it's going to normalize nationalized food centers, which is socialism. Well, eventually communism. Right. Really, what's happening is is um, Chicago does a lot look a lot like socialist countries because that's how they operate. They operate government first, people last. And that's what you're seeing. So be careful. Do not fall into this trap. If I was Chicagoans and I, and I know there's some righteous ones out there. I'd be protesting this in a minute. Like, this is ridiculous. This isn't even in your purview or in your wheelhouse as a government. So, guys, this is what we're facing every day, every single day. You see that now. Prophetically, what could we say about it? Prophetically, um, they're trying every attempt they can to see how far they can go. They're two steps forward, one step back. So, again, it's almost like um, our duty is this is the result of not upholding a republic. So our job is to uphold the republic biblically, constitutionally, all those other things to combat this. And the only way they'll back off is when we combat it. And so it's funny. Isn't it funny that it happens in areas where people are illiterate constitutionally? I'm not saying illiterate, illiterate constitutionally and sometimes illiterate biblically. We see a lot of the murders and stuff like that. They're like, you know, we're just going to change the whole format. We're going to try it here and see what happens. Look what's happening in San Francisco. You know, look what's happening in all these other cities that are majorly, literally not just run by Democrats, but literally godless. They don't even care about the original constitution or the law. And so, yeah. No, that's good. So number two, maybe they're changing their mind. So prior to being elected mayor of New York City in 2021, Eric Adams of New York, mayor of New York, campaigned, posted on Twitter, now known as X, we should protect our immigrants, period. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. Uh, less than two years later, Mayor Adams is suggesting the influx of illegal immigrants will destroy New York. He said, let me tell you something, New Yorkers, never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. This was on September 6th. Now, New York, uh, they're getting 10,000 migrants a month <laughs> from Tejas because Texas be <laughs> shipping them out. <laughs> So as of September 8th, Texas has bused more than 11,000 illegals to Washington since April, more than 13,000 to New York City, more than 7,000 to Chicago, and more than 2,600 to Philadelphia. Now they're starting to ship to Denver and Los Angeles. 
it's amazing how these mayors, uh, uh, Chicago is starting to say the same stuff. These mayors, <clears throat> once the problem is actually in their city, oh, wait, we, we've got to control the border. There's an issue going on. Here. Yeah. Comment what you think about what's going on in New York. Is it reaping and sowing or is it just, oh, my gosh, we should try to help? Comment below. Let us know what you think. We know our answer. <laughs> Which actually brings us to the topic at hand, you know, I mean, the, the, the yeah. topic, righteous anger, or is it just anger? Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so number three, Trump says he can bring everyone together. He believes DeSantis made a terrible mistake by signing a abortion heartbeat bill, which means it bans abortion after what, like five weeks yeah. or something. Trump said right now, to my thinking, the Democrats are the radicals on the issue. He added, citing Democrats' support of abortion without limits in New York's abortion laws. I think they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me, Trump told Welker when pressed for more details. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. There you guys have it. It's all about negotiation with your abortions. Trump will make everybody happy by picking the right number. Gosh. <laughs> This this is what we're talking about. Look, if you're a Trump fan, we're we're not blasting him. What I'm saying is, do you notice the thread of opportunism in that? It's not a a. It's not doing the right thing. It's actually yeah. doing the convenient thing, and uh, that's that's what's so tricky about guys like President Trump, President Biden. Um, we're not centrists. We're we're saying that there's a way to look at this constitutionally. Um, and if you're a Christian, biblically, right, obviously abortion is a big topic that we all need to discuss. Uh, I am personally, we're both uh, very much on the abolition side. We should not have abortion. Uh, but you're seeing this opportunistic. If you play both sides, you're going to win. But he doesn't realize a lot of his base is evangelical, which is not for abortion. So this may backfire on him. You guys, comment below what you guys think. But this may backfire on him. And, and we've always said it from the beginning. People can play and say the right things, but it's when it comes to action is what you see behind the closed doors. So, and, and if if somebody is willing to negotiate for you in the right opportunity, they're more than likely willing to negotiate against you when the right opportunity comes up. And that's one of the problems of if you don't have somebody that's moving on conviction, you're going to have somebody who's an opportunist. That's what Trump is. And I, I, I don't even mean that as a, a horrible shot against him. I'm just saying that's what you're dealing with. I think some people have convinced themselves he moves on conviction. He moves on principle. Not really. Not really. He, he, he's moving on, yeah, to a certain extent what he thinks is right. But he's an opportunist to where, well, this is a perfect example. DeSantis did wrong because he signed the heartbeat bill. I can make everybody happy. That statement right there for true Christian conservatives, that's a, a bad statement to make because the Christian conservative is moving on fundamentals. They're moving on foundations, yep. principles, convictions. So Guys, let us know what you think. Um, if you're a Trump guy, Trump girl, if you're not, let us know what you think about this. Can he win both sides by playing the fence? I've never seen somebody be, be victorious by playing the fence. Never, never, ever, ever. So sponsor number two, Energy Ops LLC. If you're in the North Charleston area of South Carolina, you need to check these guys out. Honestly, amazing people, God-loving people, family people, American values. They want to do the right thing. They want to do right by you. Um, call them. 
843-263-1724. Or you can email them office at energyops.us, energyops.us. Look, electrical contracting company. They handle it, right? They handle it. They do residential, they do commercial, they do generator installation. Everybody needs a generator. LED lighting upgrades, EV charger installation, which, you know, if the liberals have their way, you all need one. So new construction, remodel, more. Look, they're veteran owned and operated. I I could go on. But if you are in the Charleston area, South Carolina, make that phone call, have them check out your stuff, do your installs, residential, commercial, whatever it is, reach out. All right. Energy ops. Energy OPS, Energy Ops. All right. We are on to the main topic. So Massey and I, uh, I, I dropped this on him about 30 seconds before we started this podcast. Because yeah. he and I were talking about other stuff in the car. And, you know, sometimes it's just good to go on the fly. Uh, yesterday, Pastor Todd had an amazing sermon about love. But in that was talking about an opposite expression, which would be impatience uh, in a sense of jealousy, a, a hot headedness, um, short fuse type sense. And it was convicting, um, especially for me. And I wanted to discuss this a little bit of like just opening up about. I think sometimes we think. Oh, I'm good. Right. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, life is good. I'm a, I'm a patient, loving person. I'm kind. But the thing is, anger especially creeps up on you when you least expect it. Right? Like, like anger is that guttural reaction when you're not prepared. And it shows you who you really are. Right. And I've been thinking a lot about just in interaction, especially if I'm tired, if, if I'm feeling cranky how do I interact with my kids? Right. Is, is it a love? Is it a patience? Is it an openness or is it a short, short, bitter response? You know? <clears throat> and it's, yeah, it's easy to fall into to anger and bitterness and wrath. Um, th- I think that's why the Bible talks about keeping yourself, keeping your tongue. Like it says in James, a man that can bridle his tongue, he, his religion is pure. Um, I think it's easy to pop off at the mouth, to get upset, to get frustrated, to be emotional, to be sad all the time and be all those things. And when you look at the fruit of the spirit, it is contrary to flesh. Like there's no way your flesh can fulfill what the fruit of the spirit uh, is supposed to be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, godliness, self-control, all these things, right? There's all these factors I was actually reading in Titus. And I'm going to read a piece of it to you to kind of give you context. I want you to see what they say qualified elders should be. This is for elders, bishops, people who want to serve in church to be kind of the preacher. He says this, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. In other words, those kids, you know, they're going to screw up, but they have a faithfulness to you and and, your household. He says for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God. Like you can't be a steward if you're constantly in the flesh, motivated by the flesh, doing the flesh things, right? It says this, uh, not self-willed, not quick tempered. (laughs) I was reading this. I'm like, you know, I'm not always quick tempered. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not failing a lot, 
But there are moments like yesterday, I kind of had a pop-off moment for a little bit. And I apologized quickly. I was like, wait, I'm not feeling the greatest. Not an excuse, but I'm not feeling the greatest. It says it's not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded. And what happens is I think why we get so angry, frustrated, all these other things, because we're not being sober-minded. Now, we're talking about seriously just the fleshy side of anger, right? Um, When we're not walking in the things of righteousness, uh, someone catches us off guard, our wife says something to us, maybe an accusation that we didn't see coming. Um, like for me, having employees, sometimes they'll say things and I'm like, why, why are you? So you'll, you'll, you'll fall into the trap. If you're not sober minded and your mind's not on the Lord, you quick pop off in anger and do something ridiculous. You make a decision in anger. And I want a comment from everybody. How many of you guys have ever made a decision that was emotional? And how well did it turn out when it was emotional? Like, oh, my gosh, I love him or I love her. And you get together with that person and emotions run hot. And then you do something you end up regretting. Right. Or, yeah, I'm going to go buy that because I'm so angry and blah, blah. I'm going to go. And you fall head first. You know, you go head first into anger and frustration and, 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 and utter stupidity because you're walking in the flesh instead of hearing the voice of the Lord being patient and saying, Lord, what's the opportunity? What's coming? Right. So when we're talking strictly about the flesh with Pastor Todd's sermon was like it hit me between the eyes. And I think here's why, because everything in First Corinthians 13, where it talks about love is patient, love is kind. It does not behave itself unseemly, not unruly, uh, all that stuff. You look at what love is and what the fruit of the spirit is, and you're like, I, I can't I can't even I can't try to attain that. If, if you've tried in your flesh, I'm going to be more patient, more kind, more loving. The moment you say that crap right right away, you're faced with a situation. Uh, you end up walking in something stupid. Maybe you're put in a situation at a, at a stoplight or a grocery store or even with your kids. Something stupid. Happened. A bill comes out of nowhere. Your car breaks. Uh, for me, it was my washer. I was like in the middle of washing clothes and the whole thing crapped out. And I'm like, I don't want to move this 500 piece, pound piece of machinery <laughs> and get another one. You know what I mean? Like just things hit you and, and you're like, but instead of looking at the blessings of life, you look at the curse of that moment, right? You look at the moment and you say, I'm going to react in the moment instead of operating in the goodness of what we're supposed to be in. And that's where anger, I think, comes yeah, from. Yeah, and I, I think... Along with that, so often what anger is, is anger is you have this expectation and something in a moment does not fit that expectation, doesn't fit the role of, of what you you expected, washer to wash the clothes, be done, put the clothes in the dryer. Your expectation was, I want to do this and this and this. Washer craps out. All of a sudden, your expectation is not fulfilled, mm-hmm. and instead, something's happened that's contrary to your expectation. <laughs> and what happens is, it, it's crazy how moments that make us angry are instantaneous to where they happen before we can really negotiate. Right? We can. We can. That's why that whole like when something happens, take ten deep breaths and pause, because you're you're delaying your reaction to get a grasp on what just happened. But the beauty of of the fruit of the spirit is your reaction becomes Holy Spirit driven. Your reaction becomes a fruit of your walking with the Holy Spirit. And and I really do think about situations where it's like, man, 
I, it's Todd Sermon really did. It, it hit him between the eyes. Well, it hit me between the eyes too. Of like, golly, when I look at how I react in certain situations, I, I have this sense of tight control that I want to have on everything. And yeah. I expect this outcome. I expect this result. I expect this reaction. And if that doesn't happen, it's, it's so it's difficult for me in certain situations to just go with the flow with that. And that is convicting because am I acting in love, especially towards those people who aren't reacting the way I expect them to. And I, I think this is really important for us to discuss and start to parse out and for you guys to work with of like, okay, Lord, show me where I'm actually at in terms of my anger, because guess what? Your anger and your impatience will be a direct correlation to what your your love and your kindness and your patience are, right? If you're super impatient, you're not patient. If you're super angry all the time, you're not loving, kind, and gentle, right? And so the, the direct correlation between the two is when you're raising in love, patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of that, it is reducing your impatience, your bitterness, your anger, your frustration, right? And love responds in a much different way. It sure does. You know, I think too, like when you look at Ephesians, um, it talks about in chapter four, I think it talks about don't, you know, don't let the sun go down upon your anger, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, that, that there's a righteous anger too. The problem is a lot today, people think they operate in a righteous anger against wickedness right but the bible actually says be angry but don't sin and don't let the sun go down upon your anger right but make sure the devil doesn't have a foothold in your life and so i'm reading scripture here and and i want you to see this how do we know what's the difference between righteous anger and anger itself it's very simple anger unrighteous anger causes you to sin right here's here's a here's a a scripture here uh let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. It's Ephesians uh, chapter four. What happens is when you're in anger, you have all those things like bitterness, wrath, uh, slander, all these other things. And you see that kind of operating in the political sphere a lot, like where you're, they're angry at what president Biden is doing right now, or, or uh, the lady who, the, Pierre person, the person who does all the. Oh, yeah, I can't think of it. Kareen. Yeah, yeah. Or or uh, even some of our cities like San Francisco, uh, all these areas that are that are operated uh, so grossly and, and so stupid. And we get this frustration in us. Right. But what happens is instead of just taking action against the enemy, what we end up doing is we take action against their flesh. So we slander them. We gossip against them. We call them stupid morons. How dare they do this? Blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not saying I haven't fallen into that because I've definitely fallen into that, which is why I constantly go back to the word. It's like, Lord, I am angry at the injustice of what they're doing. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 10 talks about woe unto the judges who decree unrighteous decrees and prescribe grievances for my people. What he's saying is damn them who are judges and who have come against my people with unrighteous decrees. That's happening today. I can understand that. And I get frustrated with it. Right. But then I run back to the Lord and say, what do you want me to do about it, Lord? 
because those people are walking in darkness. They, they don't know the light. They don't understand the gospel. They don't do it. So how do I get into those realms and change that for the people? How do I change that for my future sons and daughters? How do I change that, Lord, and be a part of that and be a light and a witness, even though they're going to come against me, even though they're going to say I'm wicked myself and how dare I not be for the gay agenda or for abortion and how wicked is that? You just hate people. Of course, they're going to hate me for my love. Jesus even said that. <clears throat> but my anger is not directed towards them. It's what's operating inside of them. So in other words, remember what Peter, when Peter was walking with Christ, he said, far be it from you, Lord, to go to the cross. Jesus then turns around and says to him, get behind me, Satan. Not get behind me, Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. He knew exactly what was operating in Peter at that moment. And we have to be careful that we're not operating in an unrighteous anger. Now, what is unrighteous anger? When you're just angry and you pop off, you don't think, you're not prayerful, and you say something stupid, or you post it on Facebook or Instagram, or you share a meme that someone else had just said, but because you didn't say it, you feel a little bit better sharing it because it really wasn't my thought. It was someone else's thought. And I don't fully agree with it, but I agree with it, right? When in reality, your heart is there. Your heart is subservient to the enemy uh, in that regard. I'm just being honest. It says here, I'll just read it again. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and you got to ask yourself when you're operating in this situation politics whatever are you operating with anger malice wrath slander are you operating in those things and you got to be honest with yourself the only way god can clean you up is when you're honest if you're truly doing that then you're operating in the flesh in unrighteousness and wickedness you're not operating in the spirit you're not operating in the power of god because what is the power of God to salvation? The gospel. So if I'm truly going to walk in the spirit, then that's what's going to flow out of me. And then my words will never be contested because I know I'm not operating in myself. I'm operating in the spirit. And it's a, a clear conscience at the same time. You ever been angry and you had a, a um, heavy conscience about it, but you didn't want to say anything because, well, you know, that would be admitting your fault. And, you know, that's that's going to cause even more issue. That's a signal. That's a sign, right? And our our conscience in terms of how we handle a situation is a good indicator of where we're at spiritually with handling an issue or a problem or a conflict, right? And I think one of the things that, that happens is we, we don't take responsibility for situations or problems in the right way, or we try to push off responsibility and then something goes awry. And so then we get mad, right? So if, if, if your kid is doing something unbelievably wrong and you're getting angry, there may be some righteous anger intertwined in that, right. but how much anger is actually at yourself because you realize I was not training my kid up the way I was supposed Bingo. to. Right? Yeah. I wasn't involved in it. Yeah. And, and that's that's something to be aware of and really pray through with the Lord of like, OK, Lord, I, I want to be shown where I need to grow and improve and transform. And Lord, I need you to do it. And I need you, Lord, to cover over the mistakes and the sins I've made. And Lord, I want you to turn something that's ash into something beautiful. Because if you try to do it yourself, what you're going to do is you're going to double down on trying to Truth. fix the situation. And you may fix it for a time, but you're really just putting a Band-Aid on the issue. You really are. Right? Where there's so much more freedom and clear conscience when you're following the Lord and what the Lord's telling you to do on a situation or the Lord's directing you on. Fruit naturally comes out. 
And even if the situation doesn't go the way you think it's supposed to, you walk away with a clean conscience. You don't walk away angry. Why? Because you knew you did what you were supposed to do and called to do, right? Because the Lord will call you to something. He will. It doesn't mean you're going to succeed in it, right? Because we get this idea that, well, if the Lord called me to, I'm going to succeed. The problem is you drew your own expectations on what success looks like. That's why we talk about, he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you're faithful, there's no reason to get angry. I'm faithful Amen. to the Lord. It didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to, but it was the Lord. How many times have we had that in our lives where I did this or I got called to this or the Lord wanted to do this and the results weren't what I thought they should be, sure. but I put it to the Lord. I trust you, Lord. It's how you see it. And I've had situations like that in my life recently. And it was refreshing to look at it and go, Lord, I trust you. You're doing what you need to do, you know, and, and, that releases this this hunger for anger. Um, and so I think really the biggest thing we want to get through to you is it's time to take an accounting with the Lord. Say, Lord, where am I actually at with my anger and my bitterness and my expectations? And Lord, I want you to transform me. Yeah, yeah let me let me read to you too the qualities of a sound church according to Titus. And I don't want to make this and belabor this. Just listen. Just listen to what the Bible says, okay? Because if you're not a Christian, well, get saved. <laughs> Come to Jesus, right? But listen, Titus two. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in the faith, in love in patience, and that older women likewise, that they be reverent behavior, not slanderers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, uh, good, obedient to their husbands, uh, keepers at home, chaste, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, that in all things showing yourself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say about you. Like that, that's the way the church should be run is we're teaching each other how to be grave, sober, temper-minded, or uh, temperate, uh, sober-minded, uh, walking uprightly with integrity. All of us, men and women, we're supposed to walk that way. And these are the qualifications. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, listen to that list. And I'm like, <laughs> I got a lot to go, Lord. Not because I think I walk in wickedness. Yeah. There's just a lot to do in the faith. You know what I mean? So you have to be mindful of that. And guys, comment below. We love the reason why we keep telling you guys to comment is because we love interacting with you. So if you have issues that you need prayer for, we want to pray for that. Um, you know, our ministry is not we're, we're definitely in the prophetic side, but we're not a prophetic ministry. We're a ministry that loves truth. We're a ministry that loves uh, uh, foundations and we're a foundational type ministry and we need to keep telling uh, people that that's who we are. We're going to build foundations and on foundations and we'll continue to do that. But we're also here uh, hopefully to apostolically lead you in prayer uh, to see miracles happen. That's what apostles do. They, they set up and establish and they build foundations and they the signs and wonders follow the apostles. And so we're not saying we're apostles. We want to apostolically lead that way. And prophetically, if there's something we need to tell you, we're going to tell you. Uh, and we operate in that realm because we think we see more and more where it's just people hang on to a prophet, not to the word of God. And we're very cautious about that. We need to be careful.
and we're listening to man's words over God's words. And you see a lot of people, especially in the secular side, who are telling people it's okay to be angry. It's okay to lash out. It's okay to do these things. I'm sorry, guys. Scripture doesn't change. I don't care what President Trump says about abortion. The word doesn't change, and we need to stay in the word. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that angers people. Yeah, and, and to round this out, just do a comparison. Do a comparison of what you think Christ would respond to a situation or, or how a spirit-filled, godly believer would respond, and then look at how the world responds to situations. It's Good chaos, word. right? Good and so when you watch the news and you watch these riots and these protests and these people screaming right. about stuff, like it's it's something where draw that contrast, recognize, okay, that's the world and that's how the world responds. That's not how I want to respond. I want to respond full of the spirit. Yeah. You know? So it's like the elf says, that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. Share the video. Yeah. Share it with your friends. And like Massey said, we're, we are disciplers too. We, we get passionate about discipling people. Ask questions. Reach out. We, we would love to help. And who knows, maybe your question will help somebody else down the road. So get the courage to ask your question. We're in the same boat. We're, here for. we're in the same boat with each other. Yeah. Y'all, we struggle the same. Like, it's okay. Maybe I've overcome something you haven't overcome yet. I'm going to help you. Maybe you've overcome something I haven't. That's cool. Pray for us. If that's one thing you can do is pray for us and support the ministry and keep doing what we're doing. But we're also going to support you and do what we need to do to help you. So, all right. Well, we love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. These mugs. <laughs>